was a detective down in Texas. Yeah, man, the uh, Steve Miller Band. Oh, yeah, I saw them many, many years ago over at the Red Rocks with the Muddy Waters. Wow. Yeah, How, how were they? Great time. Muddy Waters was spectacular. He opened, and then he came on for the encore. Or Actually, I take that back. I think he came on just to do a jam there in the second set. Stuck around for probably the remainder of the whole second set, and then came on with the encore. It, it was such a spectacular show. Steve Miller Band still has it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet they do. It's a blues act, man. Like, they're kind of like the Blues Brothers in a way. It's uh, their classic Steve Miller Band jams, but then they also, you know, they're rooted all just in doing the classics, the standards, if you will. And so. You're going there to, you know, basically see a blues rock show, which is, man, that's what it was all about back in the day. Some blues yeah. and some rock, man. All right. Yeah, good that stuff. Was, that was <clears throat> it. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I thought you were going to go. I took a sip. I thought you were going longer. <laughs> Ca- caught me off guard there. Okay. Oh, man. All right. No problem at all. Yeah, we're doing it. You, a... you seem to have a lot to say about the gay bands, but Steve Miller band, uh, I don't know. Caught me off guard. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were uh, going to interject there. No, uh, no jamming on the blues for Mike these days. He's into the hip hop scene, the Fat Joes, and the uh, I don't know who did we do earlier. It was the um, yeah, Fat Joe. You know, I have been big pimping lately, so it's uh, was yeah, Fat only Joe. Fitting. Fat Joe wasn't big pimping, was he? In the big pimping um, gang? No, or, that was uh, who, who was the trio or the group of Notorious? Hip-hop? I think was big pimping. No, no way. Big pimping was. Well, after Notorious B.I.G. was dead, it, it was the Jay-Z, but he had, like, a crew of big pimpers with him in the Big Pimpin' video. Oh, yeah, he did Big Papa. Big Papa, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> That's right. Almost pretty much Big big Pimper, right? Big Papa. <laughs> oh, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. You gotta, you gotta do your time in the pimp game before you become a Big Papa. You know yeah, okay. That's so Big like Papa. A nice level. Is that a... Is that a slang term for a supreme pimpin' daddy? I believe they are the top of the pimp food chain. The pimp ladder, yeah, it's the top <laughs> there. The CEO of pimps. They would be the sharks of the pimp <laughs> the, world. The pig papa. All right, man. Yeah, I'll have to study up on my pimpin'. And I'm only, I'm only assuming. I don't really know, but I, I mean, you don't hear any. A lot of, a lot of people talking about how they're pimps out there. A lot of big pimps. Only one Big Papa. Yeah, that's true. You haven't seen anyone come back through the game as a Big Papa or even Lil the Papa. The biggest Papa. We get all the oh, Lils. No Papa. No Lil Papa. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder. He might be the only Papa. Or the biggest. He's the biggest Papa. He's the only black man out there willing to claim children. <laughs> that's right. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> who's the uh Who's the fellow out there? He's got like 28 kids. Nick, uh, Nick Cameron? Cameron Haynes? Yeah, that's what no. I had. Okay. <laughs> no, what's his name? <laughs> Nick Who's Cameron? No. Cameron Haynes. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> influential uh, fellas with their kids being in the news these days, uh, LeBron James, we all remember Bronny had the heart attack, or I'm sorry, the, mm. the cardiac arrest. That's what they're calling it. <laughs> yeah, brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, he's back. I think he's going to make his NCAA uh, debut this week. Did they give him a new heart? I don't know how this is going to work, man. I I have a feeling we're going to get a whole big deal. LeBron's going to be there. They're going to, you know, just make a whole thing out of the return, the recovery, how anyone can do it. And just like they did with Demar, but you don't—you're not seeing highlights of Demar Hamlin on SportsCenter. Oh, they're not letting him on the field. No. Why would you? <laughs> Ticking time bomb. Such a liability, man. And so they're gonna do the Demar Hamlin dance here with Bronny. <laughs> you literally said it the last episode. Demar Hamlin ruined fantasy football. They literally have nothing else. The NFL needs fantasy football. Can't put a Demar Hamlin out there. He yes, his injury last season ended 
our fantasy season's league, and I and another fella who had two competing individuals on either side of the ball in the game, in that particular game, which got canceled, we had to uh, decide what to do. And I, I took the high road. I split the pot even though I was winning. But, and I mean, you don't think every other, like, there had to be a million other leagues that were in the same boat. You know what I mean? Not to mention all the, all the bets that went on. Well, it's that not only, terrible. I mean, not only that, just on, from a betting perspective, let's say you made the long-term bet on who finishes where in the season, right? And yeah. this game gets canceled. Your, you know, four-month-long bet now just gets totally wiped away. That's what I mean, dude. You can't have guys like that in the league. You can't have that kind of fuck-up, you know? Makes you think maybe that the NFL underwent some hyper-scrutinized testing during the offseason this year to especially make sure nobody has a DeMar Hamlin again. Oh, yeah, they just kicked out anybody that was vaccinated. Right. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers still played? I'm telling you, well, I don't think anybody actually got vaccinated that was an athlete. Like, any anybody who's signing higher, uh, you know, uh, anybody who's in the seven-figure realm of contract in athletics did not take the experimental gene therapy vaccine. Yeah, There's just no right. way. <clears throat> you're right. My body makes five figures, and I didn't want to put a vaccine in it. <laughs> I'm, if yeah, you, if exactly. you're in the seven figures, that body's important. Well, you have, if you're LeBron James or any of these other people, I mean, you, you have companies invested in your success as an athlete, and, you know, these are entertainment leagues, you're the star entertainer of this entertainment league. You need to be at peak performance all the time. Uh, why would you even, right? If you're an investor in this product, which is LeBron James, you would be advising him to not take anything experimental. Yeah, for sure. Anything unproven, right? Yeah. And so, Bronny James, the kid, who knows, man, maybe took it because of the collegiate program standards and maybe at that level they're just um you know there's no control uh, you know with some of these kids and they just had to take it so what what happened at his game i don't know i didn't even uh, i don't know if he played or not i have no idea i just know he's <laughs> i just know he's he's cleared to play he's back <laughs> that's my point though you know what i'm not going to actually look it up we will see. We shall see. Do we what, get... Why do you have LeBron worst loss on there? That is from earlier in the week. So this is the season where LeBron James turns 40, I believe, or 39. And he is um, on the precipice of breaking all these records that were only held by, you know, Will Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Dudes who were just physical anomalies in the times that they played, but and also because they were so much better than everybody else, they their careers were much longer than most people's. They they played into their forties. You know what I'm saying? Like Kareem Abdul Abdul Jabbar was winning championships like age forty or whatever it is. And so no. LeBron is following the same footsteps and. You could say he's maybe playing for a ring. It's starting to seem like he's playing for basically being number one in all these categories. And so on the same night earlier this week, he that he broke, I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record for most minutes <clears throat> played at all time for an NBA player, like 40,000 minutes, something like that. Uh, that same night, the Lakers lost by 45 points and it was it was from a scoring total uh in point differential it was the single worst loss of LeBron James's career but he got to play the most minutes so congratulations it's all about you <laughs> yes that's right but King James could sit on his throne above all the rest of his teammates at the end of the bench right did, did they stop in the middle of the game to celebrate him and then Oh, yeah, he cried. There was confetti. No, no I'm just kidding. Really no, no, they didn't. Uh, 
There's nothing more embarrassing than stopping a game to celebrate and then you lose the game. Well, this is why I'm more enjoying these moments now, right? Like, LeBron, look what happened here. Okay, you're going to be 40 years old. You're going to be still playing. You'll break all these records, right? But you're going to have four championships. Yeah, you suck. You never cultivated a team environment or a place where everybody tries to be better and, you know, you guys win some championships. You're playing with a bunch of dudes who are, are also in it for the personal accolades and for selling Good their call. shoes and getting their <clears throat> brand out there. And it, it, that's Good call. Especially now, you never matured into the old player. Like, you're supposed to be the old player now, Right. Right, yeah, man. Who who's like mentoring the new guys and building the team? <clears throat> it's all about LeBron and all these things about Bronny James coming back. The only reason I saw anything about it is because there was a a lot of speculation this week whether or not LeBron would be at the game. Frank, I just looked it up, and that's why I was going to bring it up. Ever there's a million news articles on <clears throat> if he will and whether he should or should not <laughs> miss. The Lakers game to go to his for his for his son's debut. Frank. As James said, family over everything. God, I hate this guy more and more every day. You can't hate him though, because right now, and I bring that up all the time when we do discuss LeBron. The Memphis Grizzlies are one of the worst teams in the league, worse than the Bulls, believe it or not. They've won about three or four games, and they're nearly last in all statistics because their star player, uh, I already forgot the guy's name now. Uh, It'll hit me later, but uh, he uh, is suspended for 56 games or whatever it is because he got caught twice showing uh, a gun on live Facebook feeds uh, <laughs> while, he was, while he was hanging with his homies, smoking weed, cruising around, flashing guns. <laughs> Who hasn't been there? LeBron. On. LeBron, actually. That's funny you asked me that. Yeah, you know who's oh. never been in a situation like that? LeBron James. You know, the guy is just a family man, man. Mm, he's got no homies. Yeah, he has no friends, but he's got some he kids. He left them all and... in Ohio. <laughs> I know. Dude, you're right. He Could you imagine the legend of LeBron James now if he just stayed in Cleveland the whole time? More people would like him and respect him. He might even have more championships. I actually think he would have more championships, and he would be universally beloved if he never went to Miami and he just stayed right in Cleveland to yes. this day, man, my God, this guy would have, again, it would have just been uh, Michael Jordan times 10. You know what I would argue for that, too, is uh, I just heard this argument about the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you'll never hear that argument without Dan Marino being thrown in the mix. Never won. Right, but what did he, <clears throat> what did he do? He stuck around in Miami. <clears throat> he just stayed there the whole time, never won a Super Bowl, Arguably still one of the greatest quarterbacks. But there's respect for that, staying at a team that never wins, you know? Yeah, I think there's uh, in all sports and all that stuff, but LeBron, he missed the boat, dude. Again, if he would have stuck around there in Cleveland, the legend would have been spectacular, right? Especially Just uh, Just like Jordan. That was what was great about him. He stayed in Chicago the whole time. They weren't good in the 80s. You know, for a long time, good comma, man. Oh yeah, uh, and I just, I, you know, did Kobe go anywhere either? No, it was, Kobe was just on the Lakers the whole time. That's why Kobe is legendary. Yeah, I think if you look back, all the legendary guys, at the very least, had a very long career at one place. Well, Babe Ruth too. He was screwed in his contract, and that's why he ended up moving teams. Yeah, but look at like Larry Bird. You're right, with the Pacers? Come on. I mean, everybody, like all these guys that you remember, they all have like a long legacy because you could like picture them in a jersey. In in (laughs) their jersey, though. It's like that's the jersey for that player. And yeah, Jordan, I guess he did jump on that second retirement to the Wizards, so you can almost naysay Jordan. Yeah, I know, I know. It's bygone era. Yeah. (laughs) 
that's that's gonna go on the shelf with LeBron's uh trophy from the COVID year. Exactly, dude. You know? That <clears throat> championship just doesn't count, man. It's crazy. No, nobody counts no, it. Nobody, nobody counts. counts it. It's so wild, but nobody believes that that was a real season, and it wasn't. They were playing in front of giant TV screens. Like it just was terrible to watch. Yeah, yeah, that was terrible year for America, man. Yeah, we need to keep reminding ourselves of the monsters who, uh, you know, kind of uh, sh- made our lives shitty at that time. Because uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll be back around. Uh, there's no doubt about it. You know what's crazy is kind of some of the unreal derangement syndrome that comes out of that time. And some of the biggest culprits of that derangement syndrome, your favorite, Bill Maher, and my favorite, James Carville, who happened to be on Bill Maher's show, on hmm. Friday, did you see this episode? Because <clears throat> Dave Rubin was also there. Did I see it? I called all my army buddies. Look, we got proof <laughs> on national TV, on HBO, that the Marines are gay. Look at that <laughs> f- in his pink sweater. He's gayer than Dave Rubin on that set. Bragging about how he's a Marine Corps. Get the fuck out of here with that pink sweatshirt, dude. He looked horrible, and Emma and I would not stop talking about how, like, not just the way he was dressed. James Carville was wearing a pink sweatshirt, uh, and he was also it said USMC on it. Yes, don't, but he, don't don't leave that part out. My mistake. But he was also the whole time slunching, slouching over, and hunching and forward, and he was very mumbly and unsure of himself, and it became. Very obvious, very quickly, that a lot of Dave Rubin fans were in the audience and kind of were swaying the opinion a little bit in the room. Uh, well, because he used to be a super liberal, and he's gay. Well, he's not gay. His husband's gay. Right. He's yes. married to a gay man. Yeah, you can't, can't be gay. <laughs> I don't want to get that wrong. <laughs> em and I were watching it, and I explained to her, I'm like, this is going to be fantastic because... Dave or this Carville guy completely physically embodies and represents all aspects of the Democratic Party right now. Just feeble, old, outdated, yeah, old white man. out of touch, yeah. completely like not even dressed for appropriately for the moment. Like, look at this guy. Like, put a suit on, bro. Like, be appropriate. This is clearly, you know, read the room. It's not just him, dude. It's every week on Bill Maher now. You have to look at these guys and it's like, one's put together, one looks like shit. Sounds crazy. He's not the only clown that was in this uh, on the show two weeks ago. They had Donna Brazil in this like. <laughs> blindingly pink outfit with her hair just meow. that's the only way i could describe it meow. also <laughs> sounding crazy that's what i mean dude there's always like every week now you can see this just stark difference between the two sides yes one side is put together their hair is combed and they're wearing a suit and the other side is wearing some <laughs> wacky and wild clown outfit and the side that looks put together is just like Kind of in a good mood, ready to have a conversation. And the one that's all disheveled looking is just ready to Dude, rant and scream. And, you're you psycho. Know? Yeah, you are totally psycho, bro. They are just ready for a battle, for a brawl, man. Yeah, for- a battle that the other side doesn't want. And you're claiming the other side is starting it. And they're the reason we're divided. And they're like, well, let's just talk. I don't know. We're, we're just looking for a place where we can talk and you guys don't censor us. <laughs> it was a fun yeah. episode uh, only because my... M- for me, the most entertaining moments were James Carville saying complete fucking nonsense and Dave Rubin's jaw being halfway to the floor in total <laughs> shock and astonishment. That was most of the episode. And then and then Bill Maher having to step in and be like, Hey, you gotta relax, man. You're out of you're kind of out of control here. <laughs> it was a weird episode, old because like 
I just can't believe they still bring this guy on. The party that's so anti-white male establishment brings on the guy that brought us Bill Clinton. I know. The the white hick from Louisiana, man. This guy's like <laughs> so ridiculous. Dude. He's going to teach us on how, we've just, just, how we're not representing black culture appropriately. Oh, All right. Mike, we're out of touch. Yeah. <laughs> us other white guys, we're totally out of touch, man, with what's happening here. Don't you see my pink sweater? Yeah, man, we're not we're not hip to the scene. That's the problem, man. <laughs> it's terrible. All right, so I have the best part of the whole encounter. I again encourage everyone, all you Bill Maher fans, go out there and watch this episode. The back and forth uh, was again astonishing, simply because James Carville, in my mind. 100% represents the left side in these exchanges throughout it, and I have one of my favorite ones here. This is James Carville, uh, his retort or his response, which makes absolutely no sense, but he's just trying to make a dig at Trump because that's the only thing people on the left can do these days. I'm, I'm getting ready for the next Trump term already. Uh, he says he, under his administration, under his administration, his next one, schools will teach students to love their country, not to hate their country, like they're taught now. I gotta say, this one doesn't bother me so much. Because I think that, I mean, this is what I see when I see kids demonstrating these progressive, progressives demonstrating for Hamas, the most illiberal people in the world, that, oh good, we're gonna give America its comeuppance, asshole America. This is, they kind of have been indoctrinated this way. And Chuck Schumer made a speech this week. He said anti-Semitism is a five-alarm fire that must be extinguished. This is the highest-ranking Jewish politician we've ever had in this country. He talked about when Jewish people hear chants like from the river to the sea. You understand that means wipe us out by any means necessary. Um, vulnerabilities in the party, James. The Democrats have a big split. All right, now, so now James Carville is about to make absolutely no sense. I hope you guys are all excited. <laughs> Generationally on this issue, the kids seem to be with the Palestinians. And the older generation seems to be with Israel. Well, the kids are with TikTok. They're with whatever TikTok tells them to be. <laughs> well, that is where a lot of their... What, what, what would a, a good people on both sides of Charlottesville? I don't know. Did I hear that, or did I make that up? Excuse me? Yeah! That Trump said there were people on both sides. He, he did. did. Did you catch that? Did he just bring up Trump in Charlottesville? Yeah, they will both do sides. it again. He, he didn't say that. He did. I don't know. Did I hear that, or did I make that up? That Trump said there are good people on both sides. He, he didn't say that. He did not. He, he, well, he well, said it, I, but I, a I, sentence I, later, he said, I'm uh, not talking about the white supremacists and, and the oh, neo-Nazis. Oh, well, uh, yeah, after. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, was, it, really, it, it was badly phrased. I think we can okay. agree on it that. It was inelegant. Yes. Yeah, it was inelegant. <laughs> right. uh, what is your point about this? <laughs> what is your point, dude? Whoa. Well, first of all, you've been the young people don't understand. Uh, there was a great piece in because colonialism. Gaza is a lot of things. It's a tragedy. That that there's certainly it, it, it. It's a lot of things. It's not colonialism. They're, 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 right. they're not educated. They're stupid. Right. Okay. That's fine. But okay. young people have been stupid for a long time. What can I just <laughs> Why do you think I spend my time teaching? I know, but but you know, but it wasn't always like this. I mean. You he saved I, I still, there. I still don't get the comparison to Trump. Well, Mike, he, uh, he said to drink bleach. Don't you remember? I love. Oh, <laughs> I, oh yeah. It's just. <laughs> that so what I'm no, supposed to do? <laughs> he's stuck. He knows that his opinion is unpopular and wrong. What's crazy is, it, the reason so many people took a red pill during COVID is, the COVID narrative. The wokeism narrative, the critical race theory narrative is based on lies. There's no truth behind it. And eventually the truth is exposed, which is it's all built on lies and bullshit. And people, once they realize that, get really turned off and walk away. And James Carville walked into the lion's den of, of Ruben fans and people who are centrist fans of Bill Maher. And he learned very quickly throughout this episode that uh, he didn't have a lot of supporters on his side. 
And suddenly, a lot of his arguments without the whoops and the hoorahs and the applause from the idiots, you sound... Yeah, just for saying Trump. You sound like a fool now because nobody is supporting you and you don't have the background noise to make you sound like you made a point. So when you make these lies and you you try to make these points that are based and founded on bullshit... You sound like a jackass, man, which is how he sounded. And so all of a sudden, you know, if this were a totally Democrat, you know, left wing leaning crowd and he would have brought up the thing about Trump saying both sides. Oh, man, the applause line would have been incredible. It would have been something they could have tweeted about. Right. But no, instead, it went the totally opposite way. And when you're in a room of people who understand the truth. Uh, and you just spew out lies like that or bullshit, you do resort to these weird taglines that ultimately they don't make sense in a room full of people who aren't your fans. No, I was really glad he pushed back on that. I'm really glad he said, what's your point? Like, that was a great... Yeah, please. This has nothing to do with Trump. Elaborate. (laughs) I mean, he's not in power right now. Yeah, exactly. Hasn't been for three years. To me, him saying that, bringing that up, is the equivalent to whenever stuff was going on during COVID and we would bring up alternative ideas to people, it would always circle back to Trump telling people to inject bleach. It was so insane, but every time that line came out, to us plague rats, it was, oh, I'm dealing with a robot now, some zombie who I can never penetrate <laughs> mentally because they are totally locked in on the idea that Trump said drink or inject bleach when he simply never even said that. So now I'm dealing with a human being who is living in an alternative reality. It's insane. Yeah. And dude, James Carville, whether or not he believes it, I can't tell, but the dude is existing or talking like he believes in an alternative reality that Ruben and Bill Maher don't live in anymore. Yeah. It's crazy it's, stuff. It's it's crazy, but it's how do you get somebody like James Carville to see the light? No, well, he's paid, he's a shill, he's trying to push this the the democratic narrative, man. I'm telling you right now, it just doesn't no, make sense anymore. I think anymore. he really believes it. He was sitting there and he actually the whole time they were talking, he was thinking about Trump. And how to turn this I on know. Front. That's what's so crazy. You know? yes, and it was like, in his mind, <laughs> that's the best. It's, and there's, I don't know, there's just, there's people out there. there dude. I, I, I had a very interesting conversation with our parents about COVID and like what happened. And it's like, when you talk to them, they remember a totally different thing that happened. Right? I brought up the fact that they refused to listen to anything I said. And it turned out the stuff that we were saying, me and you. We're saying we're right. That's right, man. You know? Oh, yeah. And their argument was the way you were saying it, you weren't letting, you weren't giving our facts any credit or anything like that. (laughs) Wow. Something like that. Yeah, but your facts were wrong. That's right. You had no facts. I was trying to tell you you had no facts at the time. Actually, my whole point was the fact that there were no facts. There was no data. And, dude, on top of all of that, people on the other side, it it actually, it was a split between people believing that our media was state media and people not believing that. And those that believed it was state media and that there is an industrial complex between our political state, our pharmaceutical state, and most likely our militaristic state— Well, those of us that were further on that side, we were becoming less hesitant to trust whatever the media complex was telling us, whereas these people on the other side were just listening and trusting verbatim. Yeah. Actually, when you really look at what happened, there's a lot of talk about what happened with the military. Really, what they did was they purged the military of any conservative thinkers. It's very scary. That's probably not a good like, thing, right? <laughs> because well, uh, one of the things know. that always separated our military from all the other militaries was they don't want drones. They wanted free thinkers. 
Interesting. Like the, the big thing everybody knew everybody knows the Russian army you kill you kill the captain the whole company falls they just surrender they don't even know what the plan is you know oh yeah but in the but in our military even if you're the fucking lowest ranking private you're studying the mission plan you know everything because it might come down to where everybody above you's dead and now you're going to carry on the mission like that's how they the the US works you know mm-hmm. so it's to get rid of the free thinkers, the ones that stood up to the vaccine mandate, that, uh, there's a reason they're begging for them to come back. Because now you have, a, you have your police now and your military all pro-vaccine and supportive of the concept of if there's a new outbreak, like let's say this new white lung disease that's coming out of China, which is allegedly now broken overseas yeah. here... Yeah. Perfect timing, mind you. We're December, heading into January 2024. Are you talking about Biden's campaign plan? Yes, the white lung disease. <laughs> yeah, the white lung from China, yeah. I'm dreaming of a white lung Christmas, folks. <laughs> so it's is a white lung campaign, you know? <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, and then it'll be, d- pretty soon it'll be the white supremacist lung, uh, you know, disease. Watch out for that one. Hey, Joe, Joe, uh, aren't you going to do any rallies or anything? What do you mean? The white lung already made it to four states. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm rallying. <laughs> we're mail-in voting, Jack. <laughs> it's so obvious. It's yeah, so man. obvious. Well, let's see if we have as many people dialed in and tuned in to uh, fall for it again this time. I got no, you. S- won't be- dude, you won't believe the bombshell bomb dropped on me last night. I can't wait to hear this one, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Dude. Mom and Dad, they watched. They were watching a special the other day, a couple of weeks ago. You won't believe it. They did a deep dive, Frank. They went inside the lab at Wuhan. Oh yeah! Oh man, you know what they found? You Asians. wouldn't believe it. Oh. They were working on the viruses like COVID. Wow! And would you? Wouldn't you know? Their safety standards weren't quite up to par. Oh my god! And, of course, Frank. This is the bombshell of all bombshells. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> they revealed the spike protein on the virus might have been altered by humans at this lab. <laughs> oh! oh my god! <laughs> All I could think, like, the whole time, Mom, she was like, you won't believe it. Like, the whole time she was telling me everything she heard on this documentary. All I could think is, we're three years away from them seeing what happened on Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. When it comes to your health, Get that spike fax, people. You. Spike fax, yeah! <laughs> spike fax! <laughs> when it yeah. comes to your health. Oh, yeah. When it com- oh, yeah. When it comes to your health. When it- yeah, oh, yeah, man. No, it's, it's really funny. That's hilarious. Like they're now like, oh, I can't believe. It's actually, pretty. It's one hundred percent true. It came from the lab. It took you th- this long, three years. <laughs> Wait till they find out that it attaches to your uh, reproductive organs. And that's why everyone's having <laughs> issues uh, having children. That's right. Wait till they find out about the vaccine. Now they just found out about the virus. Wait till they find out about the va- about the vaccine. And I didn't even have the heart to tell them about Lyme disease. Yeah, that's Fort Detrick. And by the way, this one floated under the radar for everybody, but it was revealed uh, just this week that they uncovered a bio lab in uh, California run by the Chinese. Play the music again. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> To your health, yes. you you get the vaccine. Get that spike back, baby. Spike back. Yeah. Watch out. White lung disease. Hiroshima. <laughs> oh, we so sorry. Oh, we 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 sorry. No, oh. no new vaccine. The kamikaze. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, dude, we're gonna get that spike fax, baby. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I mean, it's only fair they do it in America if we're doing it in China. You know. I mean, we're doing it in Ukraine. We're doing it all over the place. Uh, Biolabs uh, for everybody. That's the name of the yeah. game these days in the new world order. Oh, stuff. you know, I meant to talk about it on the other episode. It's really funny. Uh, I don't even think it's Ukraine anymore because all international media refers to it as the Russo-Ukraine war. Do you think Which, Russia took over Ukraine and they're not telling I, us? Yeah, I think we're just sending Putin money. I'm pretty sure that Ukraine has been taken over by Russia fully. Here's, here's my one question. It's just, just please, somebody, anybody, tell me one time we sent billions of dollars in aid and ammunition to a group of people and they didn't use it to bomb us 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> You're right on the money. So uh, you know what I mean? we're about six months from calling it uh, Roos Crane. <laughs> so, it's Rusive <laughs> instead, of, instead of Kia. Rus- Ruskria. <laughs> I think he just calls it all Putlandia. <laughs> I mean, it's, if it's they, now just his home. If they want to get nasty with it, they'll just call it Hunter. No, no, you're saying it right. It's Hunter. <laughs> Hunter. Uh, they named it after the guy who gave him the key to the land. <laughs> the guy who gave him all the money in the world. <laughs> uh, uh, let's be yeah. geographically correct. It'd be Hunsky. Yeah, Hunsky. Raza Hunsky. <laughs> Ruski Hunsky. <laughs> it's sad, Filled but it's with true. with all right? the underage women. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, dude, they took it over uh, fully. Well, um, on top of all of that, uh, we got more important things going on here in the United States. And uh, I've been dying to play this one. Uh, In Colorado, we're really big on the major issues afflicting the common folk, the the blue-collar fella out there working hard, making things happen. We got to make sure that we're... Putting all our finances, all our efforts, all our law-making abilities behind helping out the common man. And that's why, from time to time, I'm just happy that we hit the uh, the mainstream uh, national news stage here. This America's healthiest state, Colorado, is set to ban fat phobia in housing and also the workplace. News Nation's Emily Finn has the latest on the legislation. How can you ban now looking fat to pass. phobia? Like, you sound a little fatphobic. Get out of here! <laughs> that, that is literally like saying we're going to ban the fear of heights. Yeah, that is well, literally what you're saying. God, we're going to ban the fear of heights. Can we just please, God, get we're rid of Jared legislate. <laughs> We are going to legislate the fear of heights out of Colorado. This like, is, that is literally what we're saying here. This is what <clears throat> happens when you have super majorities of one party running everything in your state. Let don't even talk about the country, just in a state right here, Colorado. We are being overrun by this criminal organization called the fucking leftists, man, where they are just ruining this state. Uh, we're not doing anything about anything of importance here. No, 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 no. We're gonna pass some laws to end the fear of fat people. Well, your mayor got carjacked, but good news. They didn't make fun of his weight while they were doing it. <laughs> These armed teenagers were very respectful about his weight issues as they stole his car. This is the Nutty Professor Law, brought to you <laughs> by Jared Polis <laughs> and the fruitcakes in Colorado. Emily, Marky, good morning. Lawmakers in Colorado are looking to follow suit if with If the others. jokes fit, you may not acquit. You know what I'm saying? States like Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Jersey to introduce a law that would prevent employees. Oh, we're not alone, folks. This is idiocracy. The country's over. I mean, just move oh, out while God. you still have a chance. <laughs> this this disease of wokeism has spread throughout the entire land of this country. Oh, I mean, didn't Michelle oh, Obama solve fatness? <laughs> Big oh, Mike. Man. Don't be talking about Big Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to cure Fandis. The problem is these little bitches that can't squat as much as me. Excuse me?
Big Mike. We're talking Big Mike. <laughs> Providers from discriminating against anyone can think it'd be easier to squat 490 when you don't have a 12 inch dick between your legs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Barry knows. <laughs> Big Mike. <laughs> it's my favorite conspiracy. I love it. Big Mike, it's the conspiracy of all conspiracies. There's just too much to throw <laughs> into this rabbit hole on top of... Dude. I don't know if you know this, but Big Mike has been making all the rounds in left-wing podcasts. Like, right now, they're having Is a the, meltdown over it. How are the boys over at Trump Safe Pod handling oh, uh, the Big meltdown. Mike contract? Oh, no, oh, man. Yeah, we are DEFCON Orange. Oh, God. The Big yeah. Mike theory is the funniest conspiracy theory of all time, man. I think it was the the pod, uh, the Trump Save Pod guys. Like, the you know, the real gay one? I think he even went as far as to say Melania looks more like a man. I, and, to this day, uh, and this is even before I was a red-pilled lunatic post- or during the COVID lockdown madness and the Democrat draconian takeover, uh, I could not understand the obsession with the left wing, with the media of pushing the idea that Michelle Obama was more beautiful than Melania Trump. (laughs) Melania was a literal international supermodel. It's... Come on, man. I don't care what your politics are. We can agree on beauty. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, but beauty is found between the legs, Frank. <laughs> you see that dick? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I got 12 inches of beauty right here. The thing with Michelle Obama, which I couldn't see past, was her her Willem Dafoe energy. You know what I'm saying? She the was big, just she Defoe. was rocking that big Dafoe energy. And uh, even if you don't look at the dick, the linebacker shoulders. <laughs> well, well, to quote people on the set of some Willem Dafoe movies, when it came to Michelle Obama's big Dafoe energy, it was confusing. For a lot of people, very, very confusing seeing that big Defoe energy kind of flopping in between her legs, hitting the skirt when she's dancing on Ellen. You know what I mean? There's, there's just a lot of big Defoe energy going on between those legs when it comes to big Mike Obama. All I'm saying is every time I see Michelle Obama, all I can think is if the Bears could draft somebody with those kind of shoulders for the front line, we might have an offense. We might have an offense for the first time in my life. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying Michelle is ugly. I'm just saying the Bears should start drafting people that look like Michelle Obama. <laughs> you know? She's very beautiful for a front lineman. Big Mike. Yeah. She's quite lovely. That fella is quite lovely. <laughs> That's a handsome lady, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> She really wears that dick well, I gotta say. <laughs> Not like a man at all. Not like a man at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really funny how mad the left is getting about it. I so. had no idea they caught on. I you know, I always felt like that one floated in the undercurrents of the tinfoil no, hat because realm, for some you know? reason, a lot of people have been making fun of it on podcasts, like a lot of comedians and stuff. One of the things that's coming out is a lot of comedians are conservatives, and they're just, they're, they're saying shit on podcasts, you know? And, yeah, uh, but it's the, only natural, is, you know. What's up? Well, the Democrats ruined the lives of comedians for three years. What did you expect? Yeah, no, you know who's a Democrat comedian. They're on SNL. The rest of them are conservatives. (laughs) And they got fired. (laughs) That's not even a joke. I didn't realize that most uh, comedians were being more vocally conservative now, though. Um, When I went to Dave Attell's show, he was very obviously on the... I just think this is a... I think Gen X, you know, is, is on the right side now. And it comes with age. Uh, you know, I don't even think it is right side or left side. I think they're all just making fun of the whole political system. And the, and the problem the left has is 
if you're not on their side, you're on the other side. Yeah, and I, it's like, yeah. no, maybe I'm just against all of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you, you know, we grew up at a time, and it, I think it kind of holds true with our mentality now, and with the idea that, you know, I was always anti-establishment or anti what's the what's everybody doing? What's the group think? Okay, well, I'm going to do the opposite. You know, um, I'm uncomfortable if everybody's doing it. If everybody's wearing it, I don't want to be wearing it. Mm-hmm. it. You know, if everyone's thinking it, I'm going to try and think the opposite because there's some other force behind, you know, everybody doing it, right? And so I, I, I was always just, that was my natural conspiratory, conspiratorial nature, right? It's really just, funny because in the Army, they, the one thing they really instill in you in basic training is you should always look around, and if you're different, you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm a hippie, low-life loser, no-nothing, uh, right, scumbag, man. I love to blend in. I always want to blend in. I don't ever want to be different. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to stick out. You know? well, well, also, I did kind of 180 on that, though, now. Oh, it was several years ago. This is about maybe 15-plus years at this point now where I decided, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock the brown shoes with the blue jeans and the dark, plain T-shirt. Conformity, and, and I never want to uh, go out of th- that realm. Uh, only, no, for me it was I want to just blend in and never be uh, identifiable. You know, if you're the if you're the whack job with the tie dye shirt and something's going on, they'll be like, "It was the guy with the tie dye shirt." You yes. know, <laughs> like but oh, I try to wear shit with no labels. That's what I'm saying. No yeah. identifying anything. Like if if uh, not that I'm committing crimes doing all this weird shit, but like. Uh, I don't want to be part of some weird identification where it's like, oh, damn it, I'm wearing the same thing as that guy. <laughs> no, oh, no, if I commit a crime, you won't know if it's Zelensky or Tom Cruise. Exactly. Well, I'm always dressing like Zelensky. I'm always updating my sleeves. <laughs> I need the sleeves for the cocaine. And the whore, the hookers. Uh, money for peace. Uh, <laughs> there's no more cocaine in those sleeves. Now it's fentanyl. They're getting broke. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to dip away from the fat phobia law they're trying to, uh, because I'm sticking with Colorado. I, I, no, I got to know, how do you even legislate fat phobia? Like, uh, first of all, fat phobia, it, it, you're saying people are afraid of fat people. It's an I don't inter- think anybody's afraid of I fat got, people. They throw some interesting stats if you want to hear it. I got yeah, more I on got it. It's pretty fascinating. Right, here we don't go. cut this one short. Right. Overweight. Right. The law would prevent landlords from turning away obese people from renting due to weight limits and would also implement rules to accommodate those who are overweight in the workplace. That I got to say, man, that's not fair because fat people are hard on the plumbing. But go ahead. That's what I, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a lot of sides to this story that I didn't really consider before. <laughs> fat phobia is kind of a weird word. Like, can we say like, uh, I don't know, fat strictive or uh, fat annoyed? Fat, <laughs> fat annoyed. I mean, you're just, you're more work as a fat person. If I'm a landlord, you're going to be sloppy. You're going to ruin a lot of things in the house. Well, think of our medical-based society and how much money is made on medicine and surgeries and in this pharmaceutical industrial complex. Of course, we're designed to be fat and obese, right? Like, the establishment wants us fat. They make money off of fat. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's why fat is good. Fat is beautiful. We need more big gurs out there. Where are my Lizzo fans at, man? Give me them big gurs. But you can't blame the landlords. I mean, look at Nona's chairs. Yes, well, but also... We have, we have a few robust people in our family. They're fat Our Italian. grandma has lost many a chairs. That's right. Only to those robust people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the chairs are all 20 years old. It's not myself. I've never the- broke one. It's not myself and the other 100-pound uh, Colorado in, uh, in the family visiting and breaking chairs. No, over there, it's right? not our it's Uncle like, Frank, who's 135 pounds just like you. All, you Franks, I mean? all Franks are 135 pounds, <laughs> to the point. All Franks. <laughs> you know, when Tony comes from Florida, we, he's got to pick a certain chair. That's Preferably right. the metal. Yeah, well, it's the one that feels best on his armpits as he's uh, airing <laughs> out those suckers. Airing out those pits, baby. All right, let's finish this fat phobic law. The trend throughout the U.S. right now, with more and more major U.S. cities getting on board to enact legislation protecting overweight people. 
This year in New York City, lawmakers passed a similar fat phobia law as obesity rates in the U.S. have skyrocketed in recent years. And what makes this extra interesting? The Rocky Mountain state is actually the skinniest in the whole country, meaning they have the lowest percentage of obesity in the U.S. 25% uh? <laughs> of Coloradoans are considered obese, but when we compare that to West Virginia, that's the most unhealthy state where the obesity rate is 71%. Excuse me? <laughs> in the U.S. have any laws on the books preventing discrimination against overweight people, but five of the healthiest states are all proposing similar anti-weight discrimination. <laughs> By definition, you can't be discriminated against in West Virginia. You're the majority. If anything, you need to have a skinny phobia law in West Virginia. There's only 30% of the population. Dude, 71%, man. That... That's obese. We're not just talking fat, folks. We're talking clinically obese. And they have, and I'm going to use the word, I'm using it, they have stretched out the limitations to what can be considered <laughs> obese. To make more fat people less obese, they have a lot of obese people there. To be fair, they're living in almost heaven. <laughs> We, we got to continue. I think this is outrageous, right? This is crazy. This is stuff, unbelievable. 71% of a state. Woo, man, that is so fat. I can't believe That's that, dude. That's a big dude. state. Uh, but you know, you know man, that. I don't think the oceans are rising. I think we're sinking from all the <laughs> fat asses in this goddamn country. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. 71%. I'm starting to think maybe the Weight Watchers signing on with Wagovi wasn't such a bad idea, right? Like yeah, I maybe, think you need to double it up. <laughs> can we get Mongerno up in this one? What's the one that speeds it up two times? I see you're, you're going to bring the pills to the people because the people aren't even coming to the pills. <laughs> well, uh, they can't get up. They can't even move off the couch, man. Yeah, you got to just roll up to the house and stick them with that Mongerno and they'll melt away in five seconds. This is brutal. Dude, we are uh, in a rough spot. Uh, the Chinese, man, they're they're watching this. They could invade us at this point. Come on. Oh, even the Uyghurs are looking at us like we thought we had a <laughs> They're a slave to their own body over there, this fat ass. This... It's, it's rough. This is a rough scene. I, I can't believe Colorado, skinniest state in America, 25% obese. One in four human adults in Colorado are obese clinically, and we are you. the healthiest place in America. Folks, we got a problem. No, I got to tell you, thank God they stopped teaching math. Otherwise, Americans would realize how bad of a situation <laughs> this is. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing saving our fat ass is that we don't even know what 25% means. Oh, is that good? Oh, wow. Take a road trip with four people. Jesus, one of them's obese. It's incredible. <laughs> in the healthiest state in America. In the healthiest place. Unless you're in West Virginia. Three of them in the car are obese. You need shocks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And the driver's eating a donut, and he's almost there with you. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, man, 71%. I, that is unreal. And you know what? That's probably uh, a forgiving percentage. That's what kills me about all this. To be fair, in West Virginia, half of them are fucking their relatives. You don't got to look that good for a relative, it's, you know. It's a snapshot, but I think it's... You uh, already got I've... the in, you know? <laughs> oh, Activist Crystal the Hartman with the Obesity in. Action Coalition says that she hopes the push for these new rules will help overweight people feel more acceptance. Just um, to humanize this disease and to take away the blame and the shame is incredibly important, just like it is all of the other types of discrimination no. that these laws. No, are you should feel the shame. Oh, you man. should feel the same. The shame, and you are to blame. You are to blame for how fat you are, right? Well, no. Who's to blame dude, for me being we, fat? We just covered it. We played the clip last. Uh, a few episodes ago, and it was the lady, the CEO of Weight Watchers, who's taking Weight Watchers in a new direction, and they were very explicit that there is too much shame and embarrassment involved in trying to lose the weight naturally. What we need to do moving forward as a society is embrace the chronic condition of obesity, and I'm quoting 
mm. loosely what I also read in a similar article where they interviewed the same lady as the CNN clip we followed. Uh, they, they that obesity is a chronic condition that needs to be uh, followed through with lifelong medication. And I'm mm. I am nearly quoting literally what they said in this article uh. that 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 when it comes to obesity now we must look at it as a chronic medical medical condition that we are going to treat with medication for their entire lives and a lot of the stuff that i've been reading when it comes to the monjerno and the wagovi and the ozempic and all the other uh i believe it's slamegditude slamegditude i still have a hard time uh, pronouncing the word <laughs> it's crazy this chemical that they're all using <clears throat> it's the one that gives you the par- paralysis in your intestines and uh, melts away your insides. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the ease at which people are getting the knockoff brands is just absolutely outrageous. And and, and dude, these major brands cost thirteen hundred dollars a month, and they are lifelong. Whoa. They're saying that they are lifelong prescriptions, and when you stop taking them, you gain the weight back. Come on, dude. a month? Yes. I'd so, rather be fat. Dude, so people are going to the off-brand knockoffs, and that, those are the ones who are zombifying and turning into Amy Schumer, you know, liquefied inside people. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Come dude, on, Dude, that's like when you're man. in the ghetto, you'll see all these, like, handwritten signs on telephone poles that are for Botox injections. Oh, yeah. Uh, people, don't do the knockoffs. So Reuters does a major expose on this. I think I sent you the link to it. It was a huge read, but they go way in depth on this rise in popularity on these weight loss drugs, and they discuss one woman who they hail in this article as a you know poster child for the success stories of these weight loss drugs, and she says that it was a huge success. She would have done it. She and you know. She's now off of it, but she's going to probably have to do it again. But what killed me in the article is how she admits, yes, there were some, you know, difficult side effects that came with (laughs) taking it. But it was no big deal because she was able to take other medications to deal with the side effects. Yeah, come on. You know what I'm talking about here, man. Don't worry. You're sick from this medication. We got more medication down over here. Come on. Just pump it up, baby. You're just going to be medicated with everything. But don't you look great. Uh, uh, That's terrible. That's just like I was talking to this guy. He's, He's about my age. He's 37. He's like actually in between us. Uh. He does the blue chews, man. He's got to take the uh, the Viagra to get hard. To get hard, right? Wow. Uh, is he overweight? L- slightly overweight, but that's not the problem. Okay, I'm just, you know, sometimes I do think that plays a major vibe. You know. No, okay, he okay. has to do the blue chews because he can't get a boner because of his uh, anti-depression medicine. Oh, of course. I'm just like, dude, get rid of the fucking antidepressant medicine <laughs> and just go have some good sex with your wife, you know? Yeah, and in fact, if you stop taking the antidepressant, had some sex with your wife, you might not be depressed anymore. That's what I'm you know, saying. You're having some yeah, sex. Quit watching porn and quit jerking off. Yes. You know? <laughs> go fuck your wife. Absolutely, man. That's it's weird how uh, many years ago, before the cell phones and the porn and all the antidepressants, people were just having sex, and we weren't really depressed that much. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because back in the day, you could go meet a chick, and you know what? It was really shocking in those days: no dick between the legs. It was just a chick. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Never even thought that there would be a dick there. Never even thought. Never even crossed the mind. You know what's crazy we, we, now? We call those days <laughs> the 90s. That's, <laughs> That's right. Women had cleavage, and our Budweiser commercials mm. had frogs, where they just told us to drink beer and have a good time and watch football. It was, it was, it was wild, crazy. man. It was simpler days, my man. Come on. And you knew where the drag queens were, right? <laughs> they, were they were walking the streets at night in certain parts of the city, <laughs> not in classrooms during the day. We'll